Now, I'm really excited about this series. I know I get excited a lot, right? But let me tell you why I'm excited for this series. I am excited because I truly believe this series has the potential to be one of those series that some people are changed. It changes the course of your life based on this series. I am hopeful and expectant that by the time we are done exploring this idea of dangerous prayers together, God is going to do a mighty work in many of us. And that makes me excited. So in this series, we're exploring three different dangerous prayers found in Scripture. Next week, we're talking about break me. That just sounds, I don't know, uncomfortable, if not dangerous. Break me. What does that mean? We'll decide and figure that out next week. The week after that, send me. That's a scary one. Today, though, we are talking about the dangerous prayer, search me. Now, why are we calling these dangerous? What makes these prayers dangerous? Well, I mean, it's the title of the book, so there you go. They're, they're dangerous prayers. But really, it's because these prayers are not easy. They're, they're not safe. They're dangerous. It's, but it's the good kind of dangerous. It's like the danger is my middle name kind of dangerous. It's dangerous because if we pray them and we really mean them, we might feel led, convicted, to move outside our comfort zone. These prayers hold the potential to reveal things in our lives we maybe didn't realize were there and that we need to change. They're dangerous because God might be calling us to do something we might not feel capable of doing or even willing to do. I'm excited because if we lean in together, if we press in, we will experience growth, freedom, and peace that comes from a deepening relationship with God. So here's a question for you all, and I'd like uh, the people in-house to answer this as well as you at home. What are the two things all Christians know they should do? Ding, 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 ding. Pray and read your Bible. Follow-up question. What are the top two things Christians usually feel they don't do enough? The same thing. Pray and read your Bible. So some of you may be saying, why are we talking about prayer? Because that's such a basic principle of the Christian faith. Except for this very reason. We don't feel, most of us do not feel adequate enough in our prayer lives or we feel like there's areas we can grow or things we can do more within it. It is foundational, but we probably need to pray more often or maybe we need to be more honest in our prayers or pray more passionately or I want to use fancy King James language in my prayers. You don't have to do that, by the way. I don't. I get confused. I don't know what verily means, okay? Can I confess that to you before? What is verily? I'm sure someone knows it. Let me know so I can be educated. So our prayers, if we're honest, could probably use a little bit of work. We can name that. Pastor Craig in the book talks about his discovery of his prayers being lame. His friend called him out, said, your prayers are lame. And he's like, whoa. And he reflected and he realized, wow, I pray lame prayers. I remember my uh, youth pastor in high school. Her prayers were not lame at all. They were really great, and she helped to model for me how to pray in a lot of ways. 
except for there was this one little uh, tick she had. She, we would count how many times she would say Lord during her prayers. Here's an example. It's like, dear Lord, we thank you, Lord, for this day, Lord. Lord, you are good. You're a good Lord. And Lord, we are so thankful for you today, Lord. Hey, that's good. That's great. He is Lord of all. He's Lord of all those sentences as the book ends of Lord and Lord. And that's okay. That's good. It's not wrong at all. But it does show, because you and I, if we were to hold our prayers up in a mirror, it is so easy to fall into a rut with our prayer. Or we have this formula, this equation that we follow. We check all our boxes. Okay, first, praise God. Check. Uh, thank you, God. Check. Uh, oh, confession. Real quick, check, because I don't want to stay there long. Forgive me. Check. Yeah, that's a good one. And then finally, at long last, we made it to our wish list. Help me. Guide me. Show me. Give me. Give me. Give me. Give me. Help me. Guide me. Show me. Give me. Thank you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. We wrap it up. Again, not wrong. Not wrong. It's not bad. It's not all bad. But if you're like me, you fall into a rut, things get stale, you kind of get bored. You ever get bored praying? And then when you feel bored, it leads to guilt, and then you're back to that confession. And who wants to spend a lot of time in confession, though we know we need to? If we're honest, we all probably play it a little bit safe in our prayer lives. I have one more example of how we play it safe. I just can't help myself, so bear with me. If you are afraid of praying out loud, you are likely playing it a bit safe. I'm holding back laughter as I watch our team who I asked for volunteers to pray, and you know what happens. Hey, who would like to pray for us? And you feel the silence. It is palpable because this happens everywhere. Okay, this isn't just you, but you're saying, Kevin, of course you're saying that you're a pastor. You pray out loud all the time. I was not always like this. I was once the man who would look away. Don't make eye contact because eye contact may make it seem like I'm willing to, but I'm not. Or if you're staying in the prayer circle, did you ever do that? And they say, if you're uncomfortable praying out loud, just squeeze the hand of the person next to you. And I would bear down with all my weight so they would know I did not want to pray out loud. I was once there. And then I went to seminary. And every single person in the world asked me to pray out loud. And so I got comfortable praying out loud. And what did I realize is that I'm not being judged at all for praying out loud because everyone else is just so grateful they don't have to pray out loud. Anyways, <laughs> I will get off my soapbox. Uh, <laughs> but we are called to share our faith. And what is an essential part of our faith except our prayer lives? So, brothers and sisters in Christ whom I love, it is time for us to get comfortable praying out loud. I want to encourage you to start praying throughout this series for boldness and courage to pray out loud. Now we are getting dangerous. Yeah. So for the five of you that didn't shut off your computer, and the five people that, one, two, three, four, six of you that can't leave, Let's continue forward. Uh, we're going to dive into our dangerous prayer today, search me. Search me. It's in the Bible. It's Psalm 139, verses 23 through 24. 139, 23 to 24. And as you're turning there, I want to give you a little bit of context. This is written by David. And David prayed this prayer uh, after his enemies and God's enemies, they were on the attack. 
and they were accusing David of having impure and wrong motives. In the face of that accusation, instead of David saying, no, 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 you are so wrong, that's not right at all, deflecting it or getting defensive or denying it, he actually prayed a very dangerous prayer before God when he asked God to search his heart. And that is what we are reading today, Psalm 139, 23 through 24. This is how the prayer goes. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. God bless the reading of his word this morning. Let's break this down in a few bite-sized bits. The first thing David prays, search my heart. Search me and know my heart. Some of us, when we, when we read that, we think, hey, there's, there's nothing dangerous there. It's, we're talking about God. He knows me. He knows my heart. He made me, right? And besides, I have a good heart. I have a good heart because my mom told me I have a good heart, all right? And then also, this, the stranger, after I cut them off, they said, oh, honey, bless your heart. And that means I have a good heart, right? That might mean something different. I have a good heart, except then I read Jeremiah 17, 9, where it says, the human heart is the most deceitful of all things. It is desperately wicked. Welcome to Hope Church, where we tell you your heart is wicked and your mom is wrong. Oh, man. What we come to learn is that without Christ, okay, without Christ, our heart is not good. We deceive ourselves, and we deceive others all the time. And we often do this without realizing it. So what do you think, I'd love for you to answer this, what do you think are some ways people deceive themselves? What type of lies uh, would you say are common that people tell themselves just to get by, just to get through? See, our hearts are deceitful. You know how this goes. A few examples. Um, you know, I'm not uh, full of pride. I just can't help it if I'm better than everyone else. But I'm not prideful. It's just I'm, I'm important because of my, the work I have to do. I'm more important than other people. And so I'm not prideful, though. I'm not prideful. Hmm. Or I'm only going to have one drink tonight. Yeah, I said I was only going to have two drinks, right? I, I meant two and a half. I mean, I have complete control. Or I, I'm not materialistic. I just like having nice things. I also kind of like having a lot of things. The things I like are also usually kind of expensive, but it's just because I have good taste. But I'm not materialistic. Or I'm not a gossip. I mean, I just really care a lot about people, so I want to talk about people and, you know, know how to pray for them and find out things about people. I just care about them a lot, but I'm not a, a gossip. Or I don't lust after people. I don't have lust in my heart. I'm just a, um, an appreciator of God's creation. We deceive ourselves all the time. So praying, search my heart, 
it is dangerous and scary because when we pray it, and we pray it and mean it, God may reveal to us some of the ways we've been living in deception. He may show you things within us that are not pure. He does this not to be cruel. It's not how God does things. He doesn't do it to be cruel, but to bring us into a deeper intimacy with him and his holy, allow his Holy Spirit to transform us more to be the image of Christ that he created us to be. This is dangerous, but on the other side of it, we can become so much closer to God. That's the first part of this prayer. Search me, God. Know my heart. And the next is this. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Another way we can put that is reveal my fears. Reveal my fears. What is it that makes you anxious? What makes you afraid? What are you afraid of? I'm not talking about uh, spiders or heights or, you know, that guy that you know is going to be behind your shower curtain one of those days you go in the bathroom, and so you check it every single time, but he's not there, but you know he's going to be there, so you check it, you're afraid of that. You know what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about those kind of fears. Deep down, what are you afraid of? Losing your job, being alone your whole life, feeling like your marriage is just lackluster, it's just not, it's not strong, and there doesn't seem to be hope of it getting better? Are you afraid of not being a good mom or a dad? Are you afraid of the future, of, of the unknown, of failing, of loss, of sickness? Reveal my fears. Know my anxious thoughts. We pray that but the reality is most of us just want to bury those things and not think about them, right? But when we do that, they remain within us and they paralyze us. So in this prayer, we ask God to reveal these things, to bring them up to the surface. Why do we do that? As Pastor Craig says, what we fear the most reveals where we may trust God the least. What we fear the most reveals where we trust God the least. So if you're afraid you won't be able to pay the bills, you may not be trusting God to be your provider. Or if you are worried sick about your kids um, ever driving or hanging out with their friends um, or anything like that, you're, 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 you're terrified they're going to get in an accident or get hurt. Perhaps you're not trusting your children to God. What we fear the most reveals where we trust God the least. For me, let me be honest with you. I'll be uh, transparent with you all. As I've been praying this, as God's been working in me, what has God revealed to me? I am afraid of letting people down. I love being reliable, being steady, being trustworthy, uh, being able to please people, uh, to be there for people. And so the idea of upsetting the people I care about or letting them down destroys me. But you can break that down more. That's just a top layer. Let's go deeper. You break that down more, 
And what's under that, I'm afraid of failing. As a dad, as a husband, as a pastor. And you go even deeper, and what does it reveal? At the heart is the fear that I'm not good enough. I'm not enough. I can't measure up. See, the idea that I'm not strong enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm not disciplined enough, not, not righteous enough, not pastory enough, that I'm not enough. I'm not enough. That is my fear. I am not enough. Not enough for you, my family, my friends, for God. But we know fear it stands in direct contrast to faith. So, our fears, if they reveal where we need a little more faith, that means to fight our fear, we need to reclaim our faith in that area and trust it again to God and reclaim what we know and believe to be true. See, we pray to God to reveal our fears because our fears reveal to us how we've been relying on our own efforts instead of trusting in God our Savior. The truth is, none of us are enough. On our own, we are weak, but we're limited, we're, we're frail. But 2 Corinthians 12, 9, God's word reminds of us this, when we are weak, God's power is made perfect. I don't have to be enough. I simply need to respond in faith and give control to the one who is more than enough, knowing that he is at work, that his spirit will work through me, knowing I'm a human, I'm not meant to be perfect, and I won't be, but I can be faithful. So what is it you are afraid of? As you peel back layer after layer, what lie have you come to believe that you're not trusting to God? Because God is more than enough to handle it. We ask God to reveal our fears so that we know where to focus our work on and trusting that area once again to him. As Craig writes, fear doesn't mean you don't get afraid. Excuse me. Faith doesn't mean you don't get afraid. Faith means you don't let fear stop you. Search my heart. Reveal my fears. And next, uncover my sins. Uncover my sins. See if there is any offensive way in me. It is so easy for us to point out other people's sins. Uh, let's talk about Scott for a minute, for instance. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Scott's almost without fault, right? Kidding. Love you, Scott. No, we are experts at minimizing, deflecting, and rationalizing our own, okay? We can point things out in others, but when it gets to us, eh, there's sometimes a plank in our eye, right? Yeah, it's hard for us to see those things. And why is that? Well, what did we learn about the heart? It is deceitful above all things. So it takes incredible courage to pray this prayer, to give God permission to point out any sin that is dwelling within our heart because 
we have to be prepared to accept what God reveals to us. And not just accept it, but then to do something about that. We pray, and then we pay attention to what is revealed. Now, God may reveal things to you in the moment as you pray. You may just get this new thought that you haven't really thought of before, or just this kind of feeling in your gut of an assurance, like, oh man, that's what that is, a kind of uh, weighty conviction. Some of you may hear a, a whispery kind of voice in your head, but a lot of times God will also use others to point things out. So I want to give us three questions to help us gain awareness about where some of the sin uh, may be dwelling within us. The first is this, what are the people who are close to me trying to tell me? What are the people close to me trying to tell me? There may be people in your life uh, who have been trying to tell you something for a while. They may come to you with concerns, people you love and trust. And if two or three people that you know have come to you with something, the same thing, and shared a concern with you, that may be something you really should pay attention to and offer up to God. Next question is this, what are the things in your life that you spend a lot of time rationalizing? We talked earlier, we're great at rationalizing. So if you ever find yourself saying, uh, yeah, this may not be right, but it's not that big of a deal, or this is just how I deal with things, okay? This is how I, how, how I, how I cope. I mean, in every other way, I'm a pretty good dude, except yeah, this is just my one thing, but it's, it's small, it's not hurting anyone, it's fine, I can manage it. If you're rationalizing it, I humbly ask that you pay attention to what God may be trying to reveal to you in that area of your life. Finally, where in your life are you defensive? What is that thing that you, your family, your inner circle people know like, ooh, I can't bring that up. That one is off limits. Or it is way too touchy to bring up because, uh, because then um, they're going to hear about it. Where is it you get defensive? Is it finances? Is it conversations uh, you, about your anger? Maybe you have anger issues. Maybe it's a lust thing. It's that thing that you just will not talk to about others, and when it comes up, you put your walls up immediately. You won't go there with others, and you often say, don't judge me. Where are you most defensive? See, when we have the courage to pray this prayer, I promise you, God will gently point some things out. He will point some things out that you maybe have rationalized, that you maybe have avoided or denied or defended for too long. But my encouragement to all of us is this. Do not deny the truth. Don't deflect it. Don't shy away from it. Because if you do, you're depriving yourself of a gift from God. Because if you submit to God, as he gently, in his love, reveals these things to you, we can then confess them to God. And on the other side of that is freedom. It's healing. It's a pathway more into his plan for your life. When we pray these things, search me, reveal my fears, know my sins, and uncover them, and the Spirit responds, what happens? Spirit, he, he directs us right back 
to Christ, to our deep need for Jesus, for his grace, his love, his mercy, his forgiveness, to, to reclaim our identity that is found only in him. So whatever God reveals to you through this prayer, it will always point directly to your need for Christ. And then the final part of David's prayer today is this, lead me, lead me. After we invite God to show us what we don't like about ourselves, to show us what needs to be changed, we then follow David by saying, lead me in the way everlasting. We don't want God to simply show us these things. We desire more. And that's no place to, to stay when we're revealed these truths and they're hard truths and they're hurtful truths. No one wants to stay there. But instead of burying them and trying to deny them, we ask God to lead us. We desire more because we know once we know all the ways we've fallen short, it's our hope and our prayer for these things within us to change. And the Spirit will do that work within us. So we pray, God, lead me, direct me, guide me to be that person you want me to be. And when we ask God to lead, we acknowledge we cannot do it on our own. When we ask him to lead, we're once again agreeing to first follow him, to follow God, to confront all that he's revealed to us, trusting he is good. He will make a way forward for you and for me. For wherever we are weak, God is strong. And wherever we hurt, God will comfort. When we are tempted, God's grace will give us a way out. Search my heart Know my fears and reveal them to me. Uncover my sins and lead me back to you. There's nothing safe about this prayer. But it is a prayer that can transform your life to lead you out of bondage and into you, deliver you into freedom. To step forward once more into your calling and identity as a child of God. So let's all choose to be a little dangerous today. We're going to close our time together in prayer. And I'd like us to close by praying this prayer together. Uh, again, Psalm 139. So if you will, please bow your heads with me. Search my heart, God. Know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Search me, God, as only you can. We come to you with this prayer, Father, knowing that it is dangerous, knowing there is nothing safe about it, knowing that you may reveal some things to us that we've been hiding for too long or trying to ignore for too long. But Father, we also proclaim and believe that you are a good God. Your promises are sure. Your love never retreats. And so God, as you reveal these things, we pray that you do 
also allow us to feel your care. God, as we say, reveal my fears, we do so knowing there is nothing that you cannot do and nothing that is outside of your control and your power. So we pray that you provide. As we ask you to uncover our sins, God, as we, you reveal those things to us, we pray we may confess them back to you and that you will lead us in your way everlasting. Father, we thank you for how good you are. We do. This is our prayer this day and this week. We thank you that your mercies renew each morning. And we do pray that as we lean in, that we can proclaim danger as our middle name, for we do not want to play it safe, not when it comes to our walk with you in this life. Give us your courage by the power of your Holy Spirit as you work in and through us this day. We love you, Father, and we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.